Welcome to the Physio Mentor 12-week Graduate to Private Practitioner Program. The program is aimed at graduates starting a career in private practice to fast track your clinical knowledge and business skills to thrive and be a successful private practitioner. Melissa Salmon here from Physio Mentor. This audio is going to discuss the characteristics of a good physiotherapist and a good experience in private practice, but from a patient's perspective. Patient's perspective is probably the most important perspective when it comes to our roles in private practice. You can have the most clinically exceptional therapist there is in private practice, and they can still have an empty appointment book. And why? Often because they don't have the communication skills, the professional behavior, the organizational ability that a patient really puts a lot of value on when they come to a private practice. And at the end of the day, if there's no patients or no customers, then there's no business. So it's really important that stepping into private practice as a graduate, you are stepping into a service business. And this is unlike anything you've probably experienced at university or in a lot of your placements. Customer satisfaction and customer service is paramount in a service business because it creates word of mouth referrals. Word of mouth referrals are up there as one of the major referrals that private practices get if they're doing a good job. That and then GP referrals. So what you need to remember as a graduate stepping into someone else's business is that your boss has put a lot of trust in you because when you go into the room and close the door with their customer and their client that's come to their business, they're putting a lot of trust in you that you will do the right thing and that you will display all the qualities of a good physiotherapist that creates a positive experience in private practice so that that patient is satisfied with the service and they'll continue to come back and and use the service repetitively. So let's talk about some major characteristics from a patient's perspective, what they see as most important in a private practice setting. Number one is communication ability. Number two, professional behavior. Number three, organizational ability. And number four, characteristics of the service. It is a tough gig being a physiotherapist and especially being a graduate physiotherapist in private practice. There's a lot to take on. It's a very quick and fast paced environment, still learning your clinical knowledge, still gaining your complex reasoning and throwing it all in together and having to adapt. The thing with being a physiotherapist is that we have to be happy all the time. We have to leave our problems at the door. When we walk in, we have a smile on our face, we empathize with our patients, we're friendly and we're happy. Our patients are the ones that have the problems. Our patients are the ones that have the pain. We cannot have any problems or opinions. We have to remain happy all day. And that makes our job very tough. The second reason it makes it so tough being a physiotherapist is that, especially in private practice, when you're seeing multiple patients coming through one after the other, we have to be able to complex reason and think on our feet very quickly. And we have to do that patient after patient. 
we have to then be able to convey that to our patients a diagnosis or treatment plans or anatomy in a language that they understand. So we have to be able to think on the spot and be quick thinkers. We have to deal with more educated patients than ever before. Often these patients have been on Dr. Google and they uh, have seen the top four results and they have an expectation about what they think they should be getting for treatment. It's not always correct on Dr. Google as we know, but we're dealing with a much more educated client load than what we ever used to. So sometimes it's a matter of discussing with our patients and educating as to yes, they are treatment options. However, this is a much more beneficial treatment option specifically for your condition and your individual needs. Our patients will often have different views on their health and their rehabilitation goals than what we as therapists do. But in private practice, we must maintain a patient-centered approach. It's the only way to develop that relationship with our patients, develop trust. Once you develop trust and you develop a relationship, then you have an opportunity to expand your uh, possible treatment objectives onto a patient, but only once you have built that relationship. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. So first of all, let's discuss the characteristic number one, communication ability. So what's the difference between a graduate physiotherapist and an expert or senior physiotherapist? Firstly and foremostly, I think it's their communication ability that they've developed over many years. So we're gonna fast track you as a graduate to give you some tips as to things you can start doing immediately now. First of all, senior physios are very good at streamlining and being very quick with their subjective questioning. Also being able to multitask their subjective questioning with their objective testing. So you start moving along in the treatment straight away. A patient wants to feel like they get value for money out of a session and a consultation. They do not wanna come in and be sat down and just ask questions the whole time. Not many patients see value in that. They're coming and they have an expectation that they will get treatment. Expert physiotherapists are also great at picking up on body language. So starting to see that your patient's getting a bit antsy about having so many questions and perhaps even asking inappropriate questions. It's really important. I think at university you learn a, a format of subjective questionings, but then you have to streamline them and pick out what's important for that individual and that particular client and not asking every question there possibly is. You need to ask appropriate questions for that particular patient because you'll pick up on body language when a patient is feeling like, come on, hurry up with the session. I want some treatment. I haven't come here just to talk. Um, you'll need to pick up on that body language. Alternatively, you will get those patients that just do want to talk and want you to listen to them and empathize with them because you might be the only person that has listened to their problems. But picking up on body language is really important. Next, uh, uh, an expert physiotherapist knows that the patient is their biggest source of knowledge. You just need to listen to what your patient's saying. Not always quick to ask the next question, but listening to what a patient wants, what their main area of concern is, and that will give you your patient-centered approach right from the very beginning. 
And also listening to what your patient wants to get out of a treatment session. If a patient is saying that they just want exercises, they don't want any hands-on treatment, then going ahead and doing hands-on treatment and not giving the patient what they want, you'll have a patient that will just not come back after that session. So building the relationship with that patient, what they're looking for, what their expectations are, what their views are on their rehabilitation, you have to build that relationship. Sometimes you have to give a patient a little bit of what they want and in return you build that relationship so that later on there in the track you can modify treatment into perhaps a more of a fashion that you think is far more beneficial for the patient. So communication ability is something of an art that needs to be fine-tuned. Asking appropriate questions is important. Picking up on body language is important. Using your subjective questioning in combination with your objective testing and getting the whole consultation moving along. But when it comes to giving a diagnosis, the, you then need to bring out the visuals, bring out the demonstrations, bring out the images to try and explain to your patient the anatomy and the dysfunction that they're dealing with. I think for us as physiotherapists, we go to university for four or five years and we basically learn a second language of anatomy and dysfunction and diagnosis. And our patients, some of these words they have never heard of, but we forget that sometimes and we start talking our own Greek speak or our own lingo. And we have to back it back and we have to remember that our patients never assume anything, never assume they know any anatomy. So starting right from the very beginning because we can see what the the glenohumeral joint looks like we've seen it for the last four years but a patient has no idea what a glenohumeral joint is and you need to show visuals and pictures and peel the skin back and show the muscles and show the internals and explain to them exactly how this condition has started a patient will really appreciate that education process and hence why the number one reason that made a patient very very happy with a private practice physiotherapist is their communication ability. Moving on number two is professional behavior. So the behavior of the therapist and that encompasses a lot of things. Number one I'd say the most difficult one for a graduate is their confidence and the language that they use to display confidence. You need to start removing the ums, the ahs, the I think, and you need to start using more positive, direct language. Mrs. Jones, based on what I've seen in the assessment today, you demonstrate this, this, and this. You need to change your language and be much more confident and direct with your language. A patient is looking for a diagnosis, that's what they've come to you for, and you must be able to deliver that clear diagnosis and that's part of professional behavior. Also a patient is looking for being a part of the treatment process and that may mean that you should give them self-help exercises or direction about what they can be doing at home to help themselves. I don't think a patient should ever leave a private practice consultation without having something that they need to do themselves. It makes them an active partner in the treatment process. It gives them something to focus on at home so they feel like they're making improvements and not being stagnant. 
And it's really important to build that relationship that you will do your bit as long as they do their bit. Also, knowing your limitations as a practitioner. There's nothing worse than seeing a practitioner that's unsure of a diagnosis, but then just continues to get that patient to keep coming back and coming back. Basically, using them as a guinea pig until the therapist can work out what's wrong with them. I think that's very frustrating and um, patients are very dissatisfied with that approach. You need to know your limitations and you need to be searching for that diagnosis for that patient and referring on for further investigations or referring on to a GP or a specialist that can find out that information for you. You can still be seeing them in this process, but you need to be searching for that answer. A lot of the time that can be a start of the treatment and the healing process for some people. They just need to know or want to know what the problem is. Number three is organizational ability. This is a tough one for graduates. You step into a very fast paced environment that perhaps you're not used to and you need to learn to time manage very quickly and that means giving your patients value when they come for their sessions whether it be half an hour 45 minutes they get your time no interruptions you need to minimize the amount of times you're leaving the room to go and see other patients minimizing interruptions such as answering phone calls emails dealing with other things you need to make the patient your priority and that's a very hard balancing act to do when you're in a fast-paced environment. So thinking ahead, forward thinking, how you can set this patient up that they feel like they've got value in this session before moving on to the next patient. And sometimes we overlap patients, but it's how we do it that makes a patient happy or unhappy with a consultation. Also doing as promised. So if you promised your patient that you will write a letter to their GP for their next visit, make sure you follow through. You need to deliver on your promises. It's a very big part of the relationship building with patients that you're doing your bit and you deliver what you promise. The fourth is the characteristics of the service that a patient received. Like I said, the patients these days have expectations about what they will receive for treatment. And it was the number one reason why patients were unhappy with their therapist in a private practice environment was they were unhappy with the service, uh, the type of service they received, the type of treatment they received, and also the impact of that treatment. So perhaps that treatment gave them pain and they weren't aware that that was going to be the outcome that was not discussed. Or perhaps that they thought that a good treatment involves having pain after the treatment and because they didn't get that pain then they figured that the service didn't do what it was supposed to do so educating your patient once again and in that initial consultation making sure that they have expectations that look mrs jones after the session today this is the first time someone has really dealt with this condition for you and we've done a lot of assessment and some treatment you will probably be sore after today's session and that's to be expected. So that's not a bad thing, but please expect that that may be the case after today's session. So eliminating that fear in your patient so that if that does happen, then the patient is very much on board with 
with you and your values because they're like geez that that physiotherapist predicted i'd be having a little bit of pain and i am but that's okay you know they thought that was that was going to happen the other thing with the characteristics of service is once again giving patients value for money i think that's really important in a private practice no more five minute medicine patients are not happy with that approach anymore um, and they're not happy with having a 10 minute session with perhaps something that they could have done at home. So having your patient come in and do very, very minimal uh, treatment, nothing out of the ordinary, perhaps a bit of massage or something on their knee and then a hot pack, a patient sees that as, well, you know, I could have done that myself at home. Why am I paying for this service to come here? So I think in private practice, you need to pick your unique selling points of physiotherapy that you can only do in that session that a a patient cannot do at home or cannot get elsewhere that's what you primarily base your session around you can finish off with the little things like the hot packs and overlap that with the next session of a patient um, in regards to your time management but always doing first and foremost the things that a patient cannot access anywhere else and your unique selling point patients want value for money these days they're a lot more savvy than what they ever used to be So value for money is important. A lot of patients also expect with physiotherapy a hands-on approach in some way, whether it be with the assessment or with treatment. And I think a lot of patients expect that and want that, and they feel that's part of the process of coming to a physiotherapist. Now, in some cases, manual therapy may not be the best form of treatment, but I feel if a patient's expectations are really high, in this area and they're really searching for hands-on therapy, you probably need to give them hands-on therapy in some fashion or form to start with. Like we said, build the relationship, build the rapport, and then you can modify treatment from then on. If you don't give them what they're looking for initially, first and foremost, you will have to do a lot of education as to why, but Secondly, you, your patient will be dissatisfied with the service. You haven't met their expectations. You haven't explained why you're not meeting their expectations and they will search for treatment elsewhere. So hands-on treatment, it may not be the best form of therapy. It may be the best thing that they're looking for, but you have to build that relationship with your patient and meeting expectations in those initial sessions is really important despite your opinions. So the final thing I can recommend to graduates that we see a lot is that graduates really like to control consultations and they like to just tell patients, this is what you will be doing, this is what we will be doing for this condition. But there needs to be give and take in the relationship. You cannot be a dictator with your patient and especially not as a graduate. When you are quite young, you even perhaps even may look a bit younger. A patient does not take lightly to being told what to do because a patient often feels that they know their body better than anyone else and they will not be taken lightly to someone telling them otherwise. So once again, I think practitioners do need to have a little bit of control in the consultation and that's where the fine art comes in where you give a little bit and then the patient gives you a little bit more. But the language you use, the active listening, and the reinforcement as to what a patient is actually wanting to get out of a consultation. 
making sure that the patient is involved in their rehabilitation process and not being a dictator, being a motivator, being like a personal trainer and you are going to put them on this path to success and we are going to get there and you're going to motivate them all the way along and not being a dictator where if that patient does not adhere to the finest details of what you want them to do, giving up on that patient because you are the only advocate for that patient a lot of the time. They're, you're the health therapist that they're seeing that they've chosen to come and see. You are the best person for the job when it comes to musculoskeletal injuries. But a lot of people are not always on board with exactly your views and points of view as far as their rehab and their health. So you need to work with them and you need to modify the process as it goes along. And that will improve patient adherence and also patient satisfaction. You will also learn a great deal from your patients if you're listening to them and you work with them as a team. There's also five factors that May did a study in 2001 and interviewed patients to find the most important areas of satisfaction when it comes to physiotherapy in general. And five important factors were identified which are not very different from what we've just discussed. Number one was a professional approach by the physiotherapist that inspires confidence, involves education of the patient, while also exhibiting a personable manner of friendliness and empathy. And I think we cannot be in such a sterile environment in healthcare anymore. We have to have that friendliness and that empathy and that relationship with our patients without overstepping the mark, of course, but I think that's very difficult to do. But inspiring confidence in our patient that positivity and using the right language half of that is the treatment approach in itself the moment we have our own opinions of negativity and we place those perceptions on our patients then it's very difficult to reverse those perceptions once they're ingrained so always inspiring confidence Secondly, a physiotherapist that provides explanations for patients regarding the nature of the problem, the prognosis, the treatment process, and the patient's roles. Now those things that I've just said there are the number one things that should be discussed with your patient at the end of an initial consultation. If they are not discussed, your patient often feels a little bit vague and not confident that they're in the right place for treatment. So making sure that you answer those questions and write them down at the end of an initial consultation will improve patient satisfaction with physiotherapy. Thirdly, a collaborative consultation by the physiotherapist with the patient to identify individual self-help needs and to monitor treatment effectiveness while demonstrating active listening skills and responding to a patient's questions. Very important to monitor treatment effectiveness as we know so that a patient feels they're improving and they're getting value for money. Also responding to a patient's questions. A patient, often when we talk in a consultation, will only take in about 30% of what we say in a consultation. Sometimes it can be frustrating when a patient continually asks us the same problem over and over again, and we get frustrated at the patient. But I think we should be looking within and we should be looking to ourselves and saying, well, if the patient is continually asking me this same question, perhaps I haven't answered it in a manner that they understand. So you need to go back and you need to answer questions and educate in a way that makes it easy for a patient to understand.
And there's no such thing as a, a silly question from a patient ever and never make a patient feel like uh, you know they're rushed or you don't have time for questions. Next one, structure of consultations to ensure adequate one-on-one -on -one time and that the patient doesn't feel rushed. So exactly what we've just been talking about, making sure that your patient in that particular half hour is your priority. And if you make a patient feel that they are your priority, they'll be very happy with the service. And finally, good treatment outcomes. I think all of these communication and, and customer service is number one priority to building client relationships. But there does come a point where it does flick over where you can be very good at that side, but if you still do not have the clinical knowledge, the clinical skills and the technical skills to create good treatment outcomes, then a patient will move on and seek help elsewhere. So a balance of good clinical skills and good customer service makes for a great private practitioner. So in private practice, like we said, it's a fine art to be a good physiotherapist and give your patient exactly what they're looking for. But the take home message is, is that you've stepped into a service business, customer service is paramount, and to keep the business chugging along and to keep us having a job or your boss to keep employing you, then we have to have customers. And our customers in a physiotherapy private practice are our patients, and we rely on them being satisfied, and therefore word of mouth referrals where they will go and tell five or 10 other people how good you are, and that creates a recurrent clientele. Thank you.